right, all right, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It is LJ Talks Facts right here. Spencer Facts, like always, of course. Hope you guys are enjoying your Thursday, late Thursday afternoon. I'm doing pretty good. This is my AEW Dynamite review. And last night, all I could say was, what a main event. That's all I could say. Easily, my favorite match was the main event, of course. CM Punk versus MJF was awesome. Really enjoyed it. And it was a lot of fun. And I was surprised that they went like... It was like almost 40 minutes they went in the main event. I was pretty surprised about that. There was only four matches on the card. But I can understand why they went the distance with this match. I mean, it's the biggest match on the card, obviously. It's probably their biggest main event of the year. I mean, I don't know what other main event might top this. Maybe like CM Punk versus Brian Danielson if they ever get in the ring with each other this year. Which, most likely they will. I got a feeling it's going to happen rather sooner than later. But time will tell. But overall, Dynamite, not a bad show last night. It was a good show. Like I said, only four matches on the card. I do have some criticisms about this show. There's a couple. There's a couple downs to the show. But overall, I thought it was good. So let's jump right into it. So the first match of the night was John Moxley versus Wheelie Uta. So a rematch from back in October where Moxley destroyed Wheelie Uta. But we all know Mox was definitely going through a lot, you know, at that point. You Like, again, you could just tell he didn't look himself in that match. But thank God Moxley got the help that he needed. And then made up for the match right here. It wasn't a squash match. It was a competitive match. Willie Uta, good performance. Underrated wrestler in this company. You know, I want to hear him speak a little bit more. Maybe get him away from the best friends. Let him be on his own. Let's see what he can do. Not saying he'll be world champion. But, hey, listen, you never know. He's got some talent to him. He's got some talent. We did see Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen at ringside, so I guess Dan Housen has a little bit of a friendship here with the best friends. I mean, that's that's interesting. Like, I can't wait to see when Dan Housen gets in the ring for the first time, which probably will be pretty soon. Um, but overall, it was a good opener right here. It was supposed to be John Moxley versus the Brian Kendrick, as the Brian Kendrick got released. From WWE on Tuesday night, and like right after he got released, Tony Khan announced John Moxley versus D. Brian Kendrick for Dynamite. I was like, oh, like okay, like this will be interesting. I haven't seen, I haven't seen D. Brian Kendrick wrestle in a while, you know, interesting. I thought, okay, he's gonna become an AEW now. That's not a bad signing. He could train some wrestlers too, you know, he's not that bad of a wrestler, but it was, I think it was like an hour or two before the show where Tony Khan announced that. The Brian Kendrick have been taken off the show for some comments that he made in the past. I was like, what did he say? And I looked it up. He said some shit about the Holocaust. And he also said that 9-11 was a hologram. Listen, you could say this was years ago. I think it was like a decade or nine years ago that the Brian Kendrick said these comments. But that really pissed me off. The Holocaust comment... And then you say 9-11 was a hologram? All right, so you know what? Go ask all those fucking people that were down there on 9-11. Go ask them if it was a hologram. Go ask those people. The people that are still suffering to this day. With all the ailments right now. That they're suffering with. They're coughing up like crazy from what happened. From what happened 21 years ago. Go tell them it was a hologram. Enough of this conspiracy theory bullshit. How dare you say 9-11 was a hologram and the shit you said about the Holocaust is even more disgusting. They're both equally disgusting. You and Whoopi Goldberg should go out on a date sometime. Let me tell you that much. So I don't care about D. Brian Kendrick's apology. He did apologize. I believe it was after Dynamite. He put out a statement or like a video and he apologized. I didn't watch it. I read on the 434 page and what he said. I don't care what he said in his apology. I don't. I really don't. The fact that he even said that, that he's so uneducated for saying those two things right there, fuck him. I hope he never gets a job in the wrestling business again. He looks like a conspiracy theorist, you know, fucking hippie is what he looks like. You know, he's in the wrong time right now. He would have belonged in the 1960s with those motherfuckers. But the fact that he said that, disgusting. Like I said, him and Whoopi should go on a date sometime. They, they would connect very well. They put, oh yeah, they love, they know what they're talking about about the Holocaust, right? Yeah, yeah, uh huh. 
And also, fuck her too, Whoopi Goldberg. She got suspended from The View. I don't know who the fuck watches that shit anymore. You have to be a complete lunatic to watch that shit. And now she's threatening to quit. Okay, well, don't let the door hit you on the way out, sweetheart. Go out with, go out with Brian Kendrick right there. You guys connect very well. Disgusting. The shit that people say, do they not think when they're talking? Do they really not think? Like, wow, I'm really an idiot. Do you ever think of that, D. Brian Kendrick? Do you ever think about that, Whoopi Goldberg? You people are disgusting. The both is are disgusting. Equally. Gonna say that shit. And it really pissed me off about the 9-11 shit that he said, D. Brian Kendrick. I don't want to get too much into it, but it pissed me off. It pissed me off. It really did. I know I was only one years old at the time, but hearing about all the shit that happened down there, the people who lost their lives, the people who lost their lives later on because of what happened down there due to cancer and their fucking lungs getting destroyed, what happened down there. And you're going to say it was a hologram? Yeah, go tell those people that. Go ahead, Brian. Go right ahead. What you should do, you should do a fucking donation, D. Brian Kendrick, people that lost their lives on 9-11 and people that lost their lives in the Holocaust. Does it make it any better? No, it really doesn't. It really does for what he said. I get it was years ago. It's not like Whoopi Goldberg, which he said a couple days ago about the Holocaust. Like, that's recent. This is almost a, a decade ago what Brian Kendrick said. Ah, well, he still said it. He still said it. I don't care. I don't hear, oh, views change. Like, you're only saying that because you don't, you know, you want to make yourself look like a good person, but you're not. You're nothing. You are nothing. And I hope you never get a job in the wrestling business again. And Tony Khan did the right thing. He absolutely did the right thing. I'm sure some people may think, ah, it's a little bit of an overreaction, but no, it's not. That's the thing with AEW. They have a no tolerance for that shit. No tolerance. That's good. That's good. You put your foot down saying no. And I guess some people could say, oh, Tony Khan has no balls. Well, he had balls right there. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that, but he did it. So I commend him on that. Just reading that shit, I'm like, oh my God. You just gotta imagine, like, you just have to, like, actually not, like, imagine. Like, it makes me, like, I really have to just sit back and laugh and say, wow, people are really this stupid. They really are. Like, holy shit, they're uneducated. They're really that stupid. It's actually sad, but it's also amazing. It, it really is. It seriously is. So, again, you know what? I hope Whoopi Goldberg quits The View. I hope she never gets a job in acting again. I used to like her in the past, but oh my god, the shit that she says on The View, she is a fucking moron. Like I said, there's the perfect match right there. The Brian Kendrick, Whoopi Goldberg, the power couple of 2022, baby. Or baby. There you go. I don't give a shit. Fuck them both. Fuck them both to hell. That's what I say. Don't like it? Eh, well, too fucking bad. Disgusting people, I'll tell you that much. But let's get back to the match. Let's get back to the match. But Mox and you put on a nice match right here. It was nice to see Dan Housen at ringside. It looked like he put a curse on Moxie right there. You know, but he really didn't do much in this match. He was just trying to distract Moxie a little bit. It worked because Willie Wood was able to fly around to Moxley. But Willie Uta had a nice performance. Like, he's had some underrated matches here in AEW against Guevara and against Darby Allen and now against Moxley, who's better than their match they obviously had back in October. But no, I enjoyed this match, though. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good opener. You know, Moxley looks great, like I've mentioned for the third time now, or should I say fourth time now since he's been back, because he's in great shape. He looks really good. looks very lean, which is great. He just looks very good, and I'm really happy for him. I'm really happy that he got clean, he got right. God bless him. God bless him. You know, and, um, you know, for a second, you start to think to yourself, is Yuta going to win this match right here? Could you imagine if Yuta upsets Moxley? How big that would be for him right there. And he almost had Moxley. He almost had Moxley. Moxley was trying to go for the paradigm shift, couldn't hit it. Yuta countered, tried to go for his finisher, then Moxley was able to hit him with a King Kong Larry, then said, okay. This is it right here. Paradigm shift. Dropped on your head. One, two, three. John Moxley gets the win over Wheel Yuta. Good opener. A good opener start off Dynamite. 
was a nice crowd out there in Chicago. They were loud the whole night. It was a pretty, pretty good crowd, actually, out there in Chicago, the Wintrust Arena. And I'm actually kind of intrigued to see how they do in Atlantic City next week for the very first time. That's going to be pretty cool. Especially the Boardwalk Hall where they used to have uh, the old WrestleManias. They had a few old WrestleManias at that place. So that's going to be pretty interesting to see how AEW does. Ticket sales are not that bad. They're doing pretty good right there. Should be a nice show. Atlantic City, finally the rest come back to Atlantic City. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool to see. And we'll see how they do. We know we already got one big match for next week. I'm sure they'll announce. Because they only announced one match for uh, Dynamite next week. And that's between Hangman and Page and Lance Archer for the for the world title in a Texas death match. So that's the only match announced for um, uh, Dynamite next week. I'm sure they'll announce more matches on Rampage. I'm sure they already did. We'll find out tomorrow. Um... But overall, good opener right there. And then the camera cut for just a second. Brian Danielson was in the ring. I was like, oh, like where the fuck did he come from? And Brian Danielson cut a pretty good promo on John Moxley. And John Moxley didn't say a word at all. It was Brian Danielson talking for about five minutes. You know, he said that John Moxley, John Moxley was the best AEW World Heavyweight Champion, or he is the best AEW World Heavyweight Champion, which is, you could say it's debatable, but I would agree. I definitely liked his reign a lot better than Kenny's, to be honest. I'm just being completely honest there. Nothing against Kenny. Just, you know, Kenny's character got a little goofy at times. But I feel like Moxie had a really good run. Especially the program they did with him in Kingston, I really liked. Or even the program they did with him and, M- him and uh, MJF was great, too. That was a really good program. I-, I was really hoping MJF was going to win the belt. But, eh, what are you going to do? Would have been nice, but in the-, in the future he will. Definitely maybe this year or next year, I would say. Probably this year, though. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, he said he's the best AEW World Heavyweight Champion. You know, and then he made an offer to John Moxley. Like, why go against each other when we can team up with each other? And I was like, ooh. Like, he's trying to create his own stable right here, Brian Dan. like, what if we recruit, what if we recruit Will Yuta and get him away from the best friends? He's with jokes and the best friends. What if we get Lee Moriarty away from Matt Seidel and Dante Martin? And what if we get Daniel Garcia away from 2.0? Could you imagine that group right there? John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Lee Moriarty, Daniel Garcia, Garcia, oh my god, and Willie Yuta. Could you imagine that? That would be some group right there. It's Moriarty, Garcia, and Yuta. There's some young talent right there. There's a lot of young talent right there. I think Garcia might turn out to be the best out of all three. But there's a lot of good talent right there for the future. That would be really cool. I mean, I, I doubt that Stable's going to happen. Because I don't think Moxley's going to accept it. I don't think he's going to accept it. But Brian Daniels was saying, you know, we could run AEW. We both could be AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Like, whichever one of us, we could both be the world tag team champions. One of us could be the TNT champion. Like, we could take over right here. And that's when he he brought the stable, like the people right there just mentioned. It's going to be intriguing. I don't think Moxley's going to accept it. He might do the same thing he did with the inner circle, accept it, but then say, oh, I'm just kidding. Or maybe he'll just flat out say, you know what, no. I don't want to do a stable. I want to be by myself, be be a loner, and that's it. He might just do that. But we'll see. It'd be surprising to see Moxley actually do that right there. You know, or maybe they'll settle it with a match. Maybe, like, if if uh, Danielson beats Moxley, okay, they have to start a group right there or something. If Moxley beats Danielson, then no, then it doesn't happen. They could always do something like that. I mean, we already know this match is going to have a revolution. You know, we know it's going to happen. It's going to be a great match. It's going to be a fucking great match. You know what I mean? Um... And I'm looking forward to it, but we'll see. So Daniel said to Moxley, I'll give you time. I don't want to put too much pressure on you. You're giving me a decision pretty soon. So that was it. He just walked away. Moxley looked very intrigued. We'll see what happens. We'll definitely see what happens now. So now we get to the next segment right here. We had Brandy Rhodes in the ring. Oh, my God. Were they giving it to her in Chicago? Holy shit. She was talking for just like a little bit right here. And then here came Dan Lambert and Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, the men of the year. And they got cheered. Dan Lambert and the men of the year were getting booed like crazy when they went on TV. 
They were getting cheered. And Dan Lambert, oh my God, he was destroying Brandy Rhodes on the mic. I mean, this segment was definitely a little, I shouldn't say a little bit, it was really cringy, you know. But I got to give Brandy credit. You know, her mic skills may not be like that great, but the people fucking hate her. They hate her so much. You could say she's doing her job, though. You could say, oh, she doesn't look like she knows what she's doing. I think she knows what she's doing. Because she knows how much people hate her. They don't like her. They don't like her at all. So she's drawing a lot of good heat. I don't know how many people would think that's good heat. But I think it is. I know I'm an outsider talking right here. And you can tell she doesn't know what she's doing. Maybe that's her way of really drawing the heat right there. Being that cringy character that everybody hates. She's She's doing a damn good job. I'll give her credit. I'll give her credit. She needs to learn how to slap. We'll get to that in just a second, but Dan Lambert was verbally destroying her on the mic just like he did last time back in New Year's Smash. Um, and then he starts talking about Brandy's, you know, you know, her breasts. I was like, oh shit, Jesus Christ. And then Brandy's like started to talk about, you know, like the failures in America Top Team with the recent fighters. Uh, I think Jake Paul beat one of the American Top Team fighters. Amanda Nunez, she lost her fight recently. You know, so Brandy Rose basically said, you know, you should be worried more about your American Top Team than AEW. Because you're always here in AEW, you got to worry about your fighters. And people, they don't like Dan Lambert either, but you know what? He draws that heat as well. You're not supposed to like the guy. You're supposed to hate him. But when you put him up against Brandy, oh, people are going to cheer for Lambert. People don't like Brandy at all. They don't like her. I mean, do I have a problem with Brandy? No, I wouldn't say that I do. I don't hate Brandy. If she if she booked herself as champion, whether it's the TBS Women's Title or the regular AEW Women's World Title, if she just put herself in the mix and said, "Fuck it, I'm becoming champion. I don't give a shit what any of you guys say," that would be some really good heat right there. I would commend her on that. I wouldn't be pissed. I mean, maybe oh, would I would I be pissed in the moment? I'd be pissed, but then I'd say, you know what? She's doing a damn good job. I would have to give her credit. It's why I didn't like Stephanie McMahon all these years. She knew how to draw that good heat right there. So you got to commend her right there. In the moment, I would be pissed with Stephanie. But you have to say, you know what? This woman really knows how to draw good heat. They just don't like her. I'm not trying to compare the two. Because obviously Stephanie's better. That I mean, Jesus Christ, you have to be an idiot to think Brandy's better than Stephanie. Stephanie knows how to wrestle. Brandy, eh, no. Mike skills, no. Okay, that goes to Stephanie. Jesus Christ. You know, but Brandy in her own way, she's drawing her heat her own way. It's mostly like go away kind of heat. Well, Stephanie had a lot of that too, but maybe maybe Brandy should watch a little bit more of Stephanie Man like promos where she's getting destroyed by the crowd and learn how to handle them more. Don't even like engage with the crowd. Just keep on talking. The whole crowd's chanting, "Shut the fuck up!" To her, and oh my god. And then she slapped Dan Lambert, and then Dan. Oh, not really slapped. It was like a little slap. She's like, you gotta put more like force into that slap right there. Like, you want to be that nasty bitch heel? You gotta be a real nasty bitch right there. Brandy's really not being that. You know what I mean? She's kind of like in the mix of a tweener is what it is. She's not really like a heel. She's going up against Dan Lambert and the men of the year who are heels. So she's more in the mix of a tweener right now. But she's gotta learn how to slap her. I mean, come on. That was nothing. That was nothing. That was like an amateur slap. You gotta get into it, go boom. Like that's what you gotta do right there. And then Dan Lambert's like, "Oh, I knew you'd be in the fighting mood." So here came Paige Van Slet. I was like, "Oh, okay." We haven't seen Paige, Paige Van Slet since uh, back in November when they had the Inner Circle versus America Top Team feud. I'm like, "Oh, could you imagine if they had this match, Brandy and Paige, and she beats Paige? Oh my." God, the heat, the heat, it's getting hot in here. Like, Brandy really is a good heel when you think of it, because she knows how to draw that heat. She knows people don't like her, so why is she going to pretend to be nice? Why is she going to be one of those pretend baby faces? Whereas, like, we've seen baby faces over the years get booed out of buildings. Like Cena, like Roman Reigns, even Jason Jordan a few years ago, when he was, like, the biggest baby face you could find, and he was getting booed like crazy 
I think it's more due to the storyline they have with him being Kurt Angle's son. It, it set him up for disaster. He got the Raw Tag Team titles, but you know, I hope he's doing well right now. Because I know he had to stop wrestling due to neck injuries. I hope he's doing good. But those are like a few examples right there of baby faces that just got booed out of the building like crazy. So at least Brandy's not pretending to be nice. Like she is taking shots of the crowd. Said, oh, it's great to be here in Cleveland when they were in Chicago last night. Oh, it's the same thing. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'll give her credit though. She's not trying to be nice. If she was trying to be nice with the crowd, kind of like Cody's trying to do in a way. It's don't be a bullshit baby face. Is what I'm trying to say. Like be that nasty heel. And her and Paige, they went at it a little bit, and the whole women's locker room came out to separate them. So that was about it. It was like a cringy segment. I mean, I could say Brandy versus Paige Van Sled. All right, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, Brandy actually does get better in the ring. I mean, you got a lot of talented wrestlers that could really help her. Get Danielson to help her a little bit. Do that. Let Brandy become that total package where she's a great heel on the mic, where she needs a little bit more improvement on, but she needs a whole lot of improvement when it comes to the squared circle. Or maybe just maybe wrestling's not for her, where it's like wrestling. Like if she wants to be like a like a like a mean authority figure, okay, yeah, fine. But if she can't go in the ring, there's no point keep putting her back in the ring. There's no point. That's all I'm trying to say. So now we got to that segment backstage. It's a pretty uh, cringy one as well. It was uh, the Hardy family office or the Andrade Hardy family office now. And uh, Matt Hardy says it's an open challenge for Sammy Guevara's TNT Championship. So it would be Sammy Guevara versus Isaiah Cassidy for the TNT Championship on Rampage. You know, Matt Hardy's pissed that Private Party lost at the shot at the World Tag. Or they lost their chance of winning the eight of the World Tag Team titles at Jurassic Express last week. So this is a chance for Isaiah Cassidy to make it up. And Isaiah Cassidy, he's underrated. He's an underrated wrestler. Him and Guevara, they'll put on a nice match. They'll put on a nice match at Rampage. So we'll see how that turns out for the TNT title. So we'll see how it goes. I think Private Party's leaving, though. I think they're going to leave the Andrade Hardy family office. I think the way this is going to go, I think we're going to get Matt Hardy versus Andrade El Idolo at um, Revolution. And whoever wins gets, gets the whole control of the, the office, let's say. The family office, we'll call it. And I think that's where Andrade wins. Matt Hardy disappears for a bit until Jeff comes around. Because I think Jeff Hardy's going to AEW. I think the Hardy boys are going to get one more run. I, that's just what I think. You know, would I book it like that? I think I would, because Matt Hardy versus Andrade Alidolo. And listen, Matt Hardy lost to uh, Hangman and Page at Revolution last year. Look where Hangman is right now. I'm not saying Andrade will be world champion this year, but he very much could be. You never know. You just never know. That would be something. Or he could be TNT champion, whatever. That's fine. You give him a belt, that's fine. So we'll see how that goes. It was kind of like a cringy kind of segment, but we'll see how it goes on Rampage. Um, and now we get to the next match right here between Pac and Pentel Cerro Miedo versus Malachi Black and Brody King. Kings of the Black Throne. And this match was good. I was looking forward to this match, you know, all week. And it was a good match. Nicely packed back in the ring. I thought he was actually going to wear the blindfold throughout the whole match. But no, he's got his eyesight back, so he's so he's good. And even when he had the blindfold on, he did some pretty cool moves. He avoided Malachi hitting him. He was able to take down Malachi. I was like, oh, wow. Like, okay, like, okay Pac. Jeez, I thought he was going to be like couple botches there, but no. Not at all. I was like, okay, well, look at you, Pac. Russell with a blindfold, and you're doing pretty damn good. I'll give, gotta give him credit on that one. Definitely gotta give him a lot of credit there. Um, so I'm starting to think, like, okay, where is this feud gonna go after this match now? You know what I'm thinking about. Because... Hopefully, Pac actually stays for a while. I want to get him versus Malachi one-on-one. That's the big match right there. Those two, I think they wrestled, uh, I believe they wrestled NXT UK in 2017. I, I think, I believe they did. Yeah, I believe they did. I don't know who won. May have been Malachi, who was Aleister Black at the time. He may have won that match. I'm trying to think. But I, I never seen the match, but I heard they had a match on NXT UK. 
That may have been when the NXT UK came around for the first time, so... Um... Yeah, I do believe they had a match, though. But I'm looking forward to this match that happens now. And hopefully it does. And I like Brody King. Brody King's a big fucking dude. I'm like, holy shit, this guy is huge. Like, in this match, he was huge. I'm like, oh my god, he's a big dude. You know, but I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Brody and Malachi so far. I want to see these guys go after the World Tag Team titles. They might be the next World Tag Team Champions. That's fine. Like, I saw somebody in the comment section, oh, Malachi could have been a star here in AEW. I'm like, oh my god, one fucking loss to Cody and the guy is buried. He's 2-1 against Cody in singles competition. He's 2-1. Overall, he's 3-2 against him. As they lost in the tag team match, it was Andrade and um, Malachi versus Pac and Cody. Pac and Cody won. And then they had that uh, tag team match. It was Cody, Pac, and the Lucha Bros versus FTR. Um, Andrade and Malachi, and Malachi's team won. So, overall, Malachi's 3-2 and two against him. He didn't lose that feud, when you legit think about it. Even in singles competition, it was 2-1. and one. It was 2-1. and one. I mean, Jesus Christ, and Malachi's buried. Yeah, okay, the guy's buried. Okay. Do you guys not know what buried means? Look at Malachi starting his own faction. Oh, yeah, the dude's buried. He's got his own faction now he's going to be starting. I mean, I mean, maybe it'll be just him and Brody King. So, okay, then it's the tag team, we'll say. But I think Pac might join them in the future. And I think Julia Hart might join them. So, it very much could be a faction. So, let's let's say that he's buried. You guys don't know what buried means? Buried means you're losing every week. You're going on TV and you're getting beat every week and you don't win at all. Jesus Christ, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. It's fucking easy. It's just stupid. Oh my god, excuse me. I'm tired of you guys being stupid. That's what it really is. When I, get, when I hear your comments, I'm tired of hearing your shit. It makes me fucking tired. But um, overall, good tag team match, though. It really picked up. It really picked up towards the end right here. Um... It started to pick up towards the end. Pack had a really good performance. And I kind of knew Malachi was going to use the uh, the Black Mist. I kind of knew he was going to use it at some point. Didn't use it on Pack again. You know, uh, Pack was on the top rope. Brody King took him down. Then Malachi spat the Black Mist into Penta's face. And they did the tag team finish on Penta. One, two, three. And the Kings of the Black Throne get the win over Pack and Penta. Overall, an enjoyable match. Definitely an enjoyable match. Looking forward to seeing how it goes. Uh, looking forward to seeing what happens. What happens next now? Um, you know, I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for that match between Pac and uh, Malachi. That's all I'm hoping for. We know Ray Phoenix will be back soon. Um, they said sometime this month. So at least that's good. We'll see Ray Phoenix back in the ring pretty soon. Maybe within the next couple weeks, hopefully. So that'll be great to see. So backstage, we saw Adam Cole, baby. And this is actually the funny thing right here. He is undefeated still. Because the lights out on sanction match doesn't count to his losing record. It doesn't. Just like when Kenny Omega lost to John Moxley at Full Gear, when Britt Baker lost to Thunder Rosa last year at St. Patrick's Day Slam, it didn't count towards their win-loss record. It's unsanctioned. The match doesn't really count. That's why you'll never see... Any of those kind of matches for a championship. Because then it wouldn't count. It wouldn't make any sense. So, technically, Adam Cole is still undefeated. That is true. That is true. So, he also mentioned that he doesn't get enough respect that he deserves. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Or for many years he has been. That is true. So, he's going to face Evil Uno on Rampage. And after he wins... The whole world will know what he wants next. And I already know what he wants next. I did read the spoilers, but we'll talk. I'll pretend like I don't know when we talk about it either on Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best right there. But, um, okay. Adam Cole looking a little more serious right here, you know, which is great. You know, I'm looking forward to when him and Red Dragon leave the, uh, the Elite and they take over AEW, which would be nice. Can't wait to see it. 
So now we get to the next match, right? A match that I really didn't care about. A match that I really didn't care about to begin with. Nyla Rose versus Ruby Soho. And I gotta say, I gotta say, this match was decent. It did have a botched ending. It did have a botched ending, but overall, it really wasn't that bad of a match. It was a decent match for her. Nyla had the best match of her career, I would say right now. One of the best matches of her career. Ruby looked good in this match because, you know, she really didn't have a good match with Cargill for the TBS Women's Championship, the inaugular TBS Women's Championship match. But her and Nyla, they put on a pretty decent match right here. It wasn't bad. Vicky Guerrero did her antics, which I absolutely love. It's like when Nyla was getting pinned before she put her foot on the rope, I was like, oh my god. And that was most towards the end of the match right there. But overall, it was a decent matchup. Really wasn't that bad. I expected it to be like kind of like a squash. I thought maybe Nyla would squash Ruby. But no. It really wasn't that bad of a match. Like I was kind of thinking, eh. Uh, getting this matchup on Dynamite. Alright, let's see how it goes. I gave it a chance and I gotta admit, I'm happy that I did give it a chance. Because it really, like I said, it really wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that bad at all. Gotta admit, it really wasn't. Gotta admit that, it really wasn't that bad of a matchup. You know... Well, I did like... I did like, um... Out towards the end... Like, Ruby was gonna go after Vicky Guerrero, and then, uh... Fucking Nyla grabbed her... And dragged her back into the ring. And it looked like Nyla was gonna go for the Beast Bomb... On the top of the rope, on the top rope right there, I was like, "Oh shit! If she hits this, it's over." Like if Nyla hits this on Ruby, it is over. But Ruby somehow got out of it. I was like, "Oh wow!" I was like, oh, "I kind of wanted to see the power bomb, but okay." And then Ruby tried to do a finisher from the top rope, and she missed. So actually, she botched. So I don't know if she was supposed to hit it or not. I don't know if there's miscommunication there, but it, in the end of the day, it was a botch right there. And Ruby did hit a finish early on in the match. That's when Nyla got her foot on the rope because Vicky Guerrero was like, I'm going to grab your leg and put it on the rope. So then after that right there, Nyla just flew right onto Ruby, splat, and then picked her up. Beast bomb, one, two, three. Nyla gets the win over Ruby Solo. Pretty surprising. Like, what I think they're going to do right now, I think Nyla's going to go after Jay Cargill for the TBS Women's Championship. That's what I'm thinking right now. I mean, if you want to do that program with Jade Cargill, you want, make, you want to make that her first big program. And then... I mean, you, you could do that. You could definitely do that right there. If you want to have that kind of program. If you want to do that kind of program right there between... Uh, between Nyla and Jade. That's fine by me. I mean, I'll be down to see it. Let's see if they do it, though. So overall, a decent match. Expected it to be pretty shitty, but it was it was decent. Gotta give him credit. But then after the match right there, backstage, we saw the gun club go after Jungle Boy, and they tossed him out of the building, and they threw him into the snow. And apparently Chicago got like one foot of snow. They threw him right into the snow. And Christian Cage and Luchasaurus came out, and they ran off. I'm liking this program so far between the gun club and Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. It's not bad. It's a little nice mini feud right here good for the gun club not many people really like them so they're doing their job pretty pretty well i would say so now we got to the next segment we hear from the AEW world heavyweight champion hangman adam page so he comes out and i saw the graphic right there his flight has already been canceled for tomorrow and he actually mentioned it in his promo he's gonna be in chicago probably for another day because his flight's most likely gonna get canceled because they got pretty bad snow out there in chicago so I'm sure their flights all got canceled out there. I'm sure they're going to be leaving tomorrow. But um, So overall, Hangman was talking about, you know, the world title match next week against Lance Archer. You know, and um, the Texas death match next week. But then here came Dan Lambert and Jake Snake Roberts, and they really shut down Hangman and Page on the mic. You know, basically saying Lance Archer's going to destroy Hangman next week. He doesn't know what's coming. Like, he doesn't know what's coming at all. You know, so... I'm looking forward to that, though, next week. And then here came Lance Archer, and he attacked Hangman and Page, took him out. He took him through the table. 
And that was it right there. And he grabbed the microphone saying he's going to become the next AEW World Heavyweight Champion. But overall, I'm looking forward to this match next week. It's a nice little... It's a mini feud for, for Hangman. We've already seen one Texas death match on AEW. It was between Lance Archer and John Moxley for the IWGP United States Championship uh, last year at Firefest Night 2. And it was good. It was a good match. So I'm looking forward to this one right here. It should be a good one. What I think is going to happen is, well, Hangman's going to win. He's not going to lose to Archer. Even though I wouldn't be opposed to Archer become world champion, he's not going to lose on free TV. I just don't think that's going to happen. Especially if this feud's only been going on for a month, I don't think it's going to happen. If this feud was going on for, like, you know, a few months or if they had past, you know, in, you know incidents, then it could make sense, but no. It'll be a nice win for Hangman. And what I think is going to happen is, I think I did mention it last week or two weeks ago, most likely last week. I think Kenny Omega is going to return. He's going to go after Hangman after the match. I did say maybe Miro as well, too, but I think it's going to be Kenny. I think Kenny's going to get his rematch at Revolution. Like, I don't know if Kenny's cleared to come back right now, but we'll definitely see. But now let's get to it all we're waiting for right here. The main event of the evening between CM Punk and MJF for the first time ever. For the first time ever between CM Punk and MJF. And overall... It lived up to his expectations. It absolutely lived up to his expectations, this match. It was really good. It was my favorite match of the night. My least favorite match, I would say, it was definitely the Nyla-Ruby match. And that match wasn't even bad. If I had just picked, it was my least favorite one. But overall, CM Punk versus MJF, it lived up to his expectations. It was really good. It was a really good main event. So I'm hoping... I'm hoping they look forward... I'm looking forward to maybe, like, the rematch if it does happen. But overall, it was good. Overall, it was good. So, especially since it was in Chicago, too. You know, I did say to myself, I didn't want to see this match on free TV, but since it's in Chicago, or even if it was out on Long Island, it makes sense. That's, you know, CM Punk's from Chicago, and MJF is from, you know, Long Island... So a match would make sense right there if it happens there or in either one of the places, you know what I mean? If it was, if it was somewhere else on free TV, it wouldn't make sense. If like it was in Atlantic City next week, it just wouldn't make any sense. That's all I'm trying to say. But since it was in Chicago or it could have been out on Long Island, then it makes sense. You know, you got the hometown hero in CM Punk and you got the villain MJF or was on Long Island. MJF, the hometown hero and CM Punk would be the villain. So it makes sense in that way. But overall, like I said, this match, it lived up to his expectations. Like, the promos and the build-up was awesome. And I was there for one of the shows back in January where they built it up more. And it was good. I was like, the build-up is really good to this match. Especially how MJF put CM Punk through the ringer. You know, with FTR and with Wardlow especially. Sean Spears not really beat him in 10 seconds, so not really through the ringer there with Sean Spears. But this is one of the best storylines in AEW. I shouldn't say it's one of the best. It's the best storyline in AEW, and I've loved it since it started in November. Since it started on November 17th last year, it's been great. It's been a great feud. It's been a damn good feud, and I've really enjoyed it. You know, and obviously it's far from over. You know, I thought to myself, okay, whoever wins this match, it's far from over. It's not going to end just like that. We're going to get a rematch at some point. The rematch will be Revolution. That's what I'm thinking to myself. Okay, it's not going to be a one-off match. But there was like, how much time was left in the show? I think like 40 minutes was left before the match started. So I'm like, okay, they're going to go the distance. And it makes sense. It's the biggest feud. It's the biggest feud in AEW. It's bigger than the world title. It's bigger than any title in AEW. So, I mean, you got to give a lot of credit right here to these two guys. They, these two guys have put on a money feud. CM Punk has made MJF look really good. He made him look really good in this match. These two have thrown verbal barbs at each other every single, mostly every single week. And it's been great. It has been great. And CM Punk finally got his wish. Like, what I thought was going to happen, like, I thought MJF was going to come out and say, oh, I'm not wrestling you tonight or something like that, like, after, like, Punk made his entrance. I thought MJF would grab the mic. Before the match starts, I say, "Oh no, this is your opponent. I'm not wrestling you." 
That's what I thought MJF was going to do. But no, we actually got the match. We actually got the match. And I'm happy that we did. Because I'm sure a lot of people would have been pissed off if the match didn't happen. You know, you advertised it. You know, if you were going to change it, you probably would do it a couple days beforehand. So, I'm happy they did the match. I'm happy that I watched it. I watched the whole match, paying attention. Even during a picture-in-picture. And it was fun. It was a fun match. Like, MJF was being a weasel at first, of course. But he actually wrestled Punk. He actually wrestled him. He tried to run off into the crowd. That didn't really work. But he actually got physical with Punk. He actually got physical. That's what kind of surprised me the most. I was thinking, like, like he was going to just run away the whole time. That's what I was thinking. But no, they actually wrestled. And... I gotta say, this is probably the best Dynamite main event that I've seen. I would have to say that. And it's definitely CM Punk's best match in his AEW career. I'm not gonna say his whole career, because he had a lot of great matches back in the WWE and prior to that, too. So I'm not gonna say this match is his best match ever. No, no, no. I know there's some people that will say that. But no, this match wasn't his best match of his career. It could be the best match of MJF's career, because he's still young. Punk's best match, I mean, I would say CM Punk's best match that I've ever seen. Oh, him versus John Cena in Money in the Bank 2011. I remember watching that match. It was part, It was one of the best matches I've ever seen. You know, you know what I mean? That, in my opinion, is CM Punk's greatest ever match. That's in my opinion. I'm not going to be saying, like, oh, no, this match was the greatest match Punk's ever had. No. MJF, probably. Probably. Because he's still young right now. He's still young. So, probably. Punk, No. No, none of, none of Punk's matches here in AEW will top his match with John Cena in Money in the Bank 2011. I don't think any match he has in AEW will ever top that. I don't think it will. So, but this was definitely CM Punk's best match here in AEW. And it probably will be his best match in AEW, unless if we get him versus Danielson, which is probably going to happen very soon, or anybody else as well. But no, I really enjoyed this. I really did. I was happy that I watched this match, and it was fun. It was a fun match. It was like towards the middle of the match, right? Like MJF was looking to choke out CM Punk. He was choking him out with the tape. Like we didn't see it right there. We did see it, but the referee didn't see it. And he was choking Punk out, and Punk actually passed out. You know, like the referee did the whole like grabbing Punk's arm, and if he doesn't, you know, respond by the third, you know, pull right there, the match is over. And Punk didn't respond, and that was it. MJF beat CM Punk. Or so we thought, because then MJF dropped the tape, and then Bryce Rensberg, Bryce Rensberg saw it, and, you know, um, he restarted the match. So the match didn't count. So they restarted. I'm like, oh, damn. And right there, I thought CM Punk was going to win after that. I thought, okay, all right, Punk's going to beat him now. That's what I thought. I thought there's no way MJF beats him now. There's no way. I thought Punk will beat him, and then MJF will get his revenge. But no, the match went on for like another 20 minutes after that, I believe. Like, within like 15 to 20 minutes. Like, right after they rang the bell to start off the match, and Punk went for a roll-up, one-two, kick out, and they, you know, went at it. I mean, I like that tactic from MJF. I'll give him credit. He tried, but he got caught. Well, he kind of left it, left it wide in the open right there. The tape. We would put it like in his trunks or... If he would have just tossed it after Bryce Renzo would maybe like turn around for a split second, then yeah. But um, so the match restarted. I'm happy that they did. And here was my favorite spot in the match. They were on the top rope, like on the right side of the corner, like on one of the other right sides of the corner. And I thought CM Punk was going for a pedigree in midair to MJF. But it was actually a move that he used to do in the past called the Pepsi Plunge. I didn't actually, I never heard of that move out of his arsenal. I've never seen it. I don't think I ever saw it in WWE. He probably did that back at Ring of Honor years ago. And he connected it perfectly on MJF in midair. And I was nervous at first. I thought CM Punk blew his knee out. I was like, oh, don't tell me he blew his knee out. Because he landed on his knee. I was like, oh, please don't tell me he landed wrong. But he was fine. He got right back up after that. He was moving fine. I was like, thank God. But that was a really good move. I was like, wow. Holy shit. That was probably like, that was definitely the best spot in the match. Easily the best spot in the match. There's no top in that spot. But they went back and forth after that right there. And 
you could tell these guys were getting gassed. Like, oh my god. The whole crowd was into it too. It felt like everybody was just invested in this match. Nobody was dazing off on the phone in the arena. Everybody was watching the match. Unless they were recording it. That, that's, that's fine. But they were watching the match. They were invested. The crowd was loud. MJF was getting a lot of heat. And the funny thing is, he was actually wearing a pinstripe trunks. Just like CM Punk was, was uh, wearing a... Wearing a pinstripes, Yankee pinstripes back when he beat John Cena. I believe it was Night of Champions 2012 when they were in Boston. And here's the, the funny thing about that match, though, is like Cena won at first, but apparently CM Punk's arm was up, so it didn't count. That's what I remember watching. I was actually going crazy. Like, oh my God, Cena's championing because I love John Cena back in 2012. I love John Cena. That's like the only wrestler, well, not the only wrestler. That was my that was my top guy. Like I love John Cena. I had all the shirts, wristbands. I just love John Cena. Anytime he would lose, like when he lost to The Rock at WrestleMania 28, I was I was pretty upset. I didn't get pissed, but I was upset. Like I was crying. I will admit that. <laughs> I will admit that. Eleven year old me was crying when Cena lost to The Rock, but he got his redemption a year later. So twelve year old me was happy then, especially being for the belt. A lot of nostalgia right there, but um. That, that was a pretty cool reference right there. Like I, I didn't notice that all I saw like on Facebook. I was like, oh wow, that, that that's true. That's absolutely true. <clears throat> but then yeah, they kept going at it, going back and forth. And then here came Wardlow. So MJF was outside the ring, Punk was in the ring. Wardlow's coming out, nobody else, FTR didn't come out, Sean Spears didn't come out. We saw Sean Spears backstage training with MJF. We didn't see FTR at all. Although maybe they were going to sneak attack CM Punk, but they didn't show up at all. So Wardlow comes out, he gets in CM Punk's face, and he walked away. Well, he was still there at ringside, but he just like walked away, mind his own business. So CM Punk gets MJF back in the ring, CM Punk gets back in there too. Stares down Wardlow. Wardlow was getting up to like the, the ring apron. And then from behind, MJF, boom, knocks out CM Punk with the Dynamite Diamond Ring. I was thinking, like, how the hell did he get the Dynamite Diamond Ring? So he knocks out CM Punk, one, two, three. So this time it counts, MJF has beaten CM Punk. And I was like, how the hell did he have the diamond, Dynamite Diamond Ring? Did he have it in his trunks the whole time? Did he have it in his boots? Like, where was it? And on the replay, when Wardlow was in CM Punk's face and MJF was on the ground, Wardlow from his back, he put his hand behind his back and handed MJF the dynamite diamond ring. I was like, oh. So that's how we got it. I mean, that, that was really creative. And I got to say, the right man won. The fact that MJF beat his idol in his own hometown, in CM Punk's hometown, that's a win. That's amazing. And after the match, I don't know if you guys noticed, like, MJF, you know, when wrestlers are usually, like, on top of each other like that for, like, a, like quite a while, they usually the opponent that's won is thanking the guy that he just beat or, the you know, the girls, the girl that she just beat. So MJF was definitely thanking CM Punk. Obviously, he wouldn't admit that, but wrestlers always do that. So MJF was thanking CM Punk right there. I'll explain it to my boy KMGJ when I see him on Saturday. Because they'll probably think it's not true. But no, I'll show him clips that this is actually true. So that was a nice moment right there. Especially, again, MJF beating his own idol in his own idol's hometown. I, I mean, how could you not love MJF? And he did the whole uh, legs cross thing right there. Saying best in the world. The crowd was pissed. And wrestling has its best heel right now in MJF. They have its best heel in Wardlow. He looked a little bit like, um, how would you say? He looked a little bit annoyed, like like frustrated away, like, oh, I really have to help this guy. Well, to his contract, you know, MJF has a lot of leverage over him. So it makes sense, but Wardlow definitely looked very discouraged, very annoyed. But listen, overall, great main event. It was a good Dynamite, one of the best Dynamite main events I've ever seen. Definitely CM Punk's best match in AEW. Could be the best match in MJF's career, but time will definitely tell. I mean, will this go down as one of CM Punk's best matches of all time? It very much could be, but it's not going to be the greatest match of all time. No, 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 no. It'll be, for right now, his best dynamite match 
or his best AEW match of his AEW career, but not his whole career. No, we're not going to go that far. We can't. That doesn't come close. The matches that he had in the past, that, this doesn't come close. Just no. Let's just leave that as it is right now. But this buildup has been amazing to this match, and I'm looking forward to the rematch, which I'm sure they'll announce in the next week or two. Can't wait. I can't wait. And it would be so surprising because MJF didn't beat him clean. So what if they do face off a revolution, which they will? We didn't think Hangman and Page was going to beat Danielson at all. Well, actually, he didn't beat him twice. The first match was a time limit draw, but Hangman retained. Um, but yeah, then he did beat him on the first uh, TBS edition of Dynamite. So could MJF actually beat CM Punk not once but twice? But can he do it clean this time? Can he do it clean? We'll have to wait and see. But holy shit, what a match. What a match. So now let's get to AEW Rampage for tomorrow. Obviously, that's it was taped, so it already happened. But the matches on the card, we have Adam Cole, Bebe versus Evil Uno. We have Mercedes Martinez in her first AEW match against Thunder Rosa. We have the TNT Championship. We have Sammy Guevara, the TNT Champion, defending his TNT Championship against Isaiah Cassidy of Private Party. And most likely our main event for the FTW World Championship. We have the FTW World Champion Ricky Starks defending his FTW World Championship against Jay Lethal. And we'll talk more about Dynamite when we review Rampage either on Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon. Whichever day. It's coming this weekend. Let's just say that. Either Saturday or Sunday. It's coming this weekend. But all right, guys. I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. What a main event. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely check it out. I guarantee you guys will fucking love it. It was awesome. Awesome. Good show. Amazing main event. One of the best Dynamite main events I've seen so far. Easily. Easily. And MJF, he got that CM Punk rub right there. That's amazing. Didn't think it was going to happen. To be completely honest. But God bless CM Punk for putting him over. That was great. Wasn't clean. But it's in the record books. And especially did in Chicago, too. All right, guys. Again, enjoy this episode. And I will talk to you guys on Saturday or Sunday to review AEW Rampage. And actually, I will talk to you guys also sometime next week. Talk about Tom Brady's retirement. I know I was going to talk about it sometime this week. But we'll do Rampage first, either Saturday or Sunday. And then before we talk about the Super Bowl, of course, we'll talk about Brady. Because i got to talk about Brady. So that will come soon. I'll come right after the Rampage review sometime, like we'll say maybe like next Tuesday, we'll say. Or maybe next next Monday or Tuesday for Tom Brady. But again, guys, overall, again, enjoy the rest of your night. And I'll talk to you guys on Saturday, Sunday to review Rampage. Love you guys. You're the best. Talk to you guys soon.